I didn't have any jokes the last couple of weeks. I guess uh, people thought that I ran out of jokes. So people started giving me jokes. Jokes. Sending me jokes. So I have jokes. Um, why can uh, Adam be considered the fastest man in the Bible? Because he was first in the human race. You don't like him? Not my fault. I'm reading what people give me. Um, what happens when life gives you pickles instead of lemons? You deal with it. That was a jack joke right there. It's a, if it's a pickle, you know it's jack. <laughs> it's his jokes. Pickles. Pickle joke. All right. This morning, our scriptures... In Luke, you can come on up here. Luke chapter 11. I'm having Luke read Luke. I didn't write it, just in case you were wondering. It's got my name on it, wasn't me. All right, Luke 11. We'll be reading 1 through 13. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are fed in bed with me. I cannot rise to give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Amen. Thank you. Today we have our attention uh, on Luke chapter 11, and we listen as Jesus teaches us about prayer. And when we go to the school of prayer with Jesus as our teacher, there's some things we need to remember. First off, whatever we understand about prayer is elementary. Like so many people, you, you can, I don't care what preacher it is. I don't care how far you study or how long you study. We don't know everything about it. And whatever we believe about prayer, it must be tempered by the truth that comes from Jesus. Whatever our practice of prayer is, it needs improvement. How? Well, I won't. If we pray every day, that's still not enough. This is a relationship. How many talk to your uh, spouse 
just one first thing in the morning you say good morning that's all you do wouldn't be a strong relationship would it now you you may be happier because you're not fighting or whatever but just it's not going to be a healthy relationship you're not going to know each other it's uh and it seems it seems like the women want details right women want details and uh Men, we, we want few details, but to have a good relationship, you have to have details. You have to have some details, <laughs> not all the details, but we have to talk and we have to pray to, to God all the time. And whatever content of our prayer, God sees our hearts no matter what. Now, we acknowledge the mystery of prayer. People will say, prayer doesn't work for me, or how can I ask, seek, and knock in a way that results in answers. How do I get the answer that I want in prayer? And we've all had mixed experiences when we pray because God is not a genie in a bottle. That's what we look at. Everyone wants to pray like we're rubbing that genie and, and we want what we want and when we want it. And that's not the way prayer works. No matter how righteous our prayers may be, the answer we seek may not be evident or what we want. Now, there's a couple of things that we learn here in these scriptures. And the first thing is, is Jesus believed in and he practiced prayer. In verse one here, it says one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, Jesus prayed a lot. That's just one time there. He's not going to pull up all these scriptures, but if you want where these are, I'm going to, I can give them to you afterwards. But here's some of the times that Jesus prayed. He prayed at his baptism in the morning before heading to Galilee, after healing people, praying all night before choosing his 12 disciples, while speaking to the Jewish leaders, giving thanks to the Father before feeding 5,000, before walking on the water, while healing the deaf and mute man. <clears throat> giving thanks to the Father before feeding the 4,000, before Peter called Jesus the Christ at the transfiguration, at the return of the 70, before teaching his disciples the Lord's Prayer, before raising Lazarus from the dead, laying hands on and praying for the little children, asking the Father to glorify his name, at the Lord's Supper, praying for Peter's faith, praying for himself, his disciples, and the believers before going to Gethsemane. In Gethsemane, before his betrayal, right after being nailed to the cross, while dying on the cross, in his dying breath, he prayed a blessing on the bread as they ate after the resurrection. He blessed the disciples before his ascension. And then in Romans 8, it says that he is intercessing for us, even to this, he's talking to the Father before, uh, for us. You think Jesus believes in prayer? We should be doing it because he believes in it so much. The second thing is Jesus gave his disciples the model prayer. Verse 2 uh, through 4 there this morning. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, our day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. 
And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, a prayer to the Father, it begins there. Our Father in heaven. Now, this shows an intimate relationship. I'm praying to my Father. I'm not praying to an idol. I'm not praying to someone that's dead. I'm not praying to someone I don't know. This is my daddy. This is my Father. We have to have that relationship. That's why he started that way. The, the second part there, a prayer of recognition. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. We're praising him. We're worshiping him. We submit ourselves to his holiness. We're not just talking to a genie in the bottle. We're talking to the most high God. We're talking to our father. This is a worship statement. I recognize that you're my father, but I also recognize that you're worthy of my praise. All the glory and all the honor. How many know that he's worth and worthy all of that? And this is a prayer of submission. Your kingdom come. The kingdom is here, but not in its fullness. We desire God's kingdom here on earth. We want a little bit of God here. God reigns in our lives and in our world. We want God's will to be carried out in all things in our life. It's not about us. We want his will. And that's what we need to get to. When we pray, we're praying for what we want. That's where we get in trouble. That's why our answers aren't always the way we like them. Because we're not praying God's will. We're praying our will. A prayer of trust. Give us each day our daily bread. Many in this time frame in, in uh, our reading and also today live day by day for food. They don't know where their food's coming from, where their clothing, shelter, and health. Every single day I get a call about somebody needing somewhere to stay or needing food or don't know where to go. Friday, I got uh, someone got out of uh, prison and, and him and his girlfriend needed somewhere to stay. They didn't know what to do. They didn't have a job. It's a lost world out there. And we need to be praying for them we need to be helping them but if we don't know and we don't trust God for ours how can we tell them how can we share with them the good news that God fulfills our need and we trust him when we don't really do it we trust ourselves I can work I'll, I'll work double and triple time so I can support myself now let me tell you you need to work <laughs> I believe in hard work we need to do our part but there's a time that we have to trust in God as well. We have to trust Him with our lives and what comes. A prayer of accountability. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us. As we ask God to forgive us, we seek to maintain relationship with Him, which requires grace. We understand that we're not worthy without His forgiveness, without His grace. And His mercy, we're not worthy of it. But we also must forgive others as we have been forgiven. There's that important second part. A lot of people struggle with that. So many Christians, it's, it's unbelievable how many Christians struggle with forgiveness. We're quick to take it. We want God to forgive us. We want you know to be uh, forgiven by other people. But to give it, we struggle with. And we should be the easiest ones to forgive because we know how much and how messed up we are. 
We're so messed up and we know it, but other people less than us were, were not so quick to forgive. A prayer seeking deliverance. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Some see this as a testing or trial, but I don't, that, that's not what he's saying here because uh, in James 1.13, it tells us, let no one say when he is tempted that I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God doesn't tempt us to sin. What kind of a father would do that? You know, like, here, let's go into the, the traffic. Ooh, ooh. I'm going to tempt you to come across. Here's a candy bar right in front of that car. You may make it. So many people, well, God's just... No, God is not doing that to us. That's not God. So the petition in the Lord's Prayer not to be led in temptation reflects the believer's desire to avoid the dangers of sin. This phrase... Uh, could be understood as permitting. Jesus taught us to pray, do not allow us or permit us to be tempted by sin. Protect us from that sin. This request is stating that we know that God has control over Satan. So don't allow him to tempt me. Keep me from that. Keep me protected from that. Thus, the second part there, deliver us from the evil one. Keep us away from that lord keep us on the straight and narrow path keep us in your will and in your protection don't permit us to do that stuff we need to pray that every day when you go to work you know if you don't pray over yourself you're bringing stuff home you need to pray over your children because they go to school and they bring stuff home if you don't pray over your kids you don't understand what the world is if you don't pray over yourself, well, I'm fine. Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy, and he'll do anyone, anything and use anyone to get to you and to your home and to your children. And if we don't pray over them and protect them, shame on us. We need to be praying this. This is why Jesus said this. Put a protection over me, Father. Lord, keep us away from Satan and keep Satan away from me. This model prayer places our lives in His hands, submitting to Him in trust, being accountable to Him, and seeking His help to deliver us from temptation. Now the third thing, Jesus taught us to ask daringly. Verse 5 through 8 here. And He said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I do not have, I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because of he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. We need to be daring in this. Just as a child knows no boundary in asking a parent, I don't care how many times you go to Walmart and you tell your kid, we're not buying anything there. 
How many kids listen to that and don't ask? <laughs> yeah, right. They'll ask every aisle. It's amazing. We'll take, uh, and it can only be one. It doesn't have to be all of them. God forbid you take all of them there. I don't know how Christina and Shay and Susan go to the store with four kids hanging out the basket. And Christina has Eli, there's five on there. One kid, and we took the other day. I swear she asked for 10 different things. And that was just before we got through the couple aisles. Lord, don't go down the candy aisle. And she's not allowed at the checkout aisle. One of us have to take them somewhere else because they see everything there. Can I get this? Can I get this? How about this? Can I have this? They have no boundaries. They are daring in asking because they know how much you love them. And they know you're going to give them something good. Right? They know it. And they may not get it this time, but that doesn't stop them from asking next time, right? You may not give me this time, but next time you will. And if not the next time, the next time you will. Because I'm going to ask every single time. I'm going to ask every single row. And if you go to clothing, I'll find something over there. Ah, think you're going to get me. Shoes, I'll find something there, especially the girls. Jewelry, there's no, nowhere you cannot find somewhere that they're going to ask you for. That's the way we need to be. We need to be that persistent. Go to God boldly and daringly. I read this the other day. It said, what counts as persistence? He is encouraging a kind of holy boldness, a sharp knocking on the door, an insistent asking, a search that refuses to give up. That's what our prayer should be like. Prayer is a lane bare of the heart before God, our needs. Prayer is a persistent and personal, uh, is powerful in God's eyes. A prayer that is persistent and personal is powerful in God's eyes. We need to go to Him. He knows our heart, but He likes when we ask. And let me add on there, I love when my grandkids say thank you. I love when they come and give me a hug and say, thank you, Papa. Right? If they just grab it and go on and just... I love giving them gifts, but man, it means so much more when they come back to me and hug on me and say, thank you. Right? Your heart just melts and go, oh, here's something else and here's something else. Right? It, that's the way we are. So we need to be thankful as well. You see, persistence in prayer is not effective because we somehow wear God down. Persistence in prayer is a test for us, not for Him. How badly do we really want it? Are we going to be persistent? Are we just going to go to the altar, kneel down and go, God, give me this. Ah, it must not be His will. And we walk on and do our own thing. He wants us to spend time with Him. Talking to Him. Not just genie in the bottle. Luke 11, 9 and 10 there says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek 
and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Dad preached a couple years ago that it, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. In that, in that verse 5 through 8, he didn't just knock once. He didn't just ask once. He was persistent. So that's what he's saying. Ask, seek, and you will find. You have to keep on asking and seeking and knocking. The fourth thing, Jesus teaches the Father's goodwill. Verse 11 through 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If we know how to be good, if we know how to give good gifts, if we love so much that we want to give to our children and our grandchildren, how much more do you think your heavenly Father wants to give to you? But you have to ask. You can't just sit there, sit back in your chair and go, all right, Holy Spirit, come, give it to me. Everywhere in the Bible, when there was a miracle, they had to do something on their part. They had to step out in faith. They have to do something. You can't be lazy and sit there and go, God, give me. You're not a spoiled little brat that expects blessings from God. We need to go and ask him, love on him, have that relationship with him. He loves giving us good gifts. But as I said, when there's a kid that comes up to you, give me that. Excuse you? What do you mean, give me that? You want to walk back out the room, come back in, and let's try that again. Because our society today is full of that. You owe me. I don't owe you nothing. You're healthy. You're alive. I did my job. <laughs> right? We need to go to God with a humble. That's in that, in that Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When we worship, that's what it's about. Worship time, praise time is about him, us worshiping him because he is worthy of everything because he loves us so much that he died on the cross for us. We need to focus on that. Then he comes to the Lord, this is what I need. Sometimes we start off with God, give me. I need this, do this. Now, there are times I look so messed up, things so heavy. I've just dropped to my knees and God, I don't even know what to say. He knows our heart, but we have to have that relationship to that point. We have to have that communication to that point. If a stranger comes up to me and just says, hey, give me. I don't know who you are from a hole in the head. I have no idea who you are. But if my friend calls me up, says, Phil, I just need to talk. He doesn't have to say near as much. 
because I know what he's going through because we've talked up to that point. I know the health issues in the family. I know relationship problems and different things in the family dynamics. I know what he's going through because we have that relationship. That's what we have to have with our father. We have to talk to him daily. And, and, and it's not just about him knowing me, but we have to know him. That's the key. When we worship God, pour on me. Give me your spirit so I know you more. I want to get to know you more. Get into his word and know him more. That's him. Know him. We have to study the word. If we do not receive what we pray for, it's not because God refuses to give it to us but because he has something better for us. Many times in my life I've had this happen, but most of you know about this building. I was praying, God, have someone loan me the money to buy this building. And God said, nope. But not because he was being mean, but because he had something better. He had someone come write a check. Philip Powers, here you go. Go buy the building. Now, he could have been mean and done what I asked. And I'd have been like, yeah. But he loved me so much, he said, no, dummy. I got something better for you. Now, I could have gone, <laughs> like, a little child, spoiled little brat, and going, he didn't give me what I wanted. And then he's got this free gift here going, you really don't want this? Sometimes we miss out on the better blessing because we're spoiled little brats and we go off crying, pouting about what God's not doing for us. When if we had stayed in prayer, we'd have got a better blessing than what we could even imagine. I could not imagine paying cash for this thing. I <laughs> No money. And for somebody to come and get, we were new to town, mind you. We had not lived here but a couple months. Didn't know people in town. So it wasn't like a good buddy of mine loaned me the money or gave me the money because he knew me. God got somebody to do it for me. Ooh. Give him the praise, him the glory for that. I think free is better than a 30-year loan any day. There's no such thing as an unanswered prayer. The answer given may not be the answer we desire or expect or want. Even when it is a refusal of our wishes, it is an answer of love and in wisdom of our Father. You're either going to get a yes, a no, or a not right now. Learning to pray is a central part of being a disciple of Christ. God is a giving God, but we are to ask in prayer. James chapter 4, verse 2 says, You do not have because you do not ask God. We have to ask Him. Learning to, uh, to pray that way. Jesus believed in prayer, so should we. 
We talked about a revival in our lives and in our church. We have to pray for that. We have to get on our knees for that. We can't just ask one time for that. We need to be diligent about that, determined about that, to have that revival. We need to ask and keep on asking. I was talking to a pastor this week, and he said he was going to Kentucky to the Asbury Revival so that he could get a little bit of it. I struggle with that. If you look up the Asbury Revival, the way they have the revival, how they got it is they had nonstop prayer and worship every single day, nonstop. We don't need to go there to get God or to get a revival. We should be getting it here. Don't go somewhere else. And, oh, well, let me get a piece of them. It's not, it's not the way it works. We can't go pick it up, bring it back here and plant it. And it starts here. And the way we get it is the exact same way they got it. We have to get on our knees and pray and keep praying and knock and keep knocking and ask and keep asking. If we want revival enough, we have to be diligent and stubborn about it. God, I'm not changing my mind here. I want revival. I'm not moving until you give us revival here. Start with me. Start that fire within me. Do we want it bad enough? We definitely don't want it bad enough as Asbury did. We have prayer and worship every other Thursday for one hour. The last couple of times it was Misty, me, Chris, and Christina. Now, I know that there's times that we've missed, we've had to work, we've had different things, but one hour every other week. I don't care what our excuses are. We want to see our lives change, our families change, our jobs change, our community change, our nation change. Then we're going to have to do what it takes to get the change. No matter what our excuse is, well, I can pray at home. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. But when we come together in one mind and one accord in his house, it changes things. It moves things. You want what they have? Then we got to do what it takes. We got to do what they did to get it. We don't care enough. We're lazy. We make excuses. No more excuses. Well, pastor, you don't know how much I work. Don't talk to me about that. I'll, I'll give you my schedule. I'll trade you schedules. Well, this week I was so busy, I need rest. I agree. We all do. But when we are on our knees, God will give us rest. He said, come to me when you need rest. When you need stuff, come to me. If Jesus found it so important that he prayed that much and more, every day, you look at the end of the day, he goes off to pray. 
Before something uh, big, he prays. Wonder how that works. Before a miracle happens, he prays. Before healing, he prays. After healing, he prays. Why? Because he's giving thanks for the healing and the miracles that happened. Before the bad in his life, he prayed. During the bad in his life, he prayed. At the end of his battle or bad in his life, he prayed. See a pattern here, people? Before the bad in our life, we whine. In the middle of the, our, our battle, we whine. At the end of the battle, we whine. See a difference? Well, I can't pray because I'm going through so much problems. That's when you need to pray. I can't pray right now because I'm having victory laps because good things are going. That's when you need to pray. We need to be worshiping more. We need to be praying more. You want to see a change in your life? You want to see a change in your family? Get on your knees. Let's bow our heads. This morning, doesn't matter if you're watching or you're listening or you're here. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, please do not wait. I did the funeral of a 12-year-old boy yesterday that thought he had the rest of his life. When he went to sleep, there was no thought that there was no tomorrow. We're not guaranteed to make it home. We're not guaranteed to wake up. If you do not know him as your personal savior, you do not have that relationship with him. You may have accepted him in, into your heart, but you've not sold out to him. Today's that day. He's not your Lord and your savior. You've not committed everything to him. Today's the day. Do not wait till tomorrow. He made it so simple for us. We need to ask him to forgive us of our sins. And then ask him to come into our hearts. Don't do it. Part of my life. What he wants a sold out person. Every part of us. Some of us are playing. The, the, the middle fence here. We give God a little bit. We know just enough. But we're hanging on to the world. We're hanging on to our old self. We're hanging on to something over here. And he said, that's lukewarm. And he'll spew you out. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for each and every one of us this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll forgive us of our sins. Come into our hearts. Come into our lives, Lord. And fill us up with your spirit. And Lord, for those of us that have made that initial step, step 
Lord, we come to you. We want to give you all. We're tired of playing church. We're tired of walking the fence. Lord, we're tired of just tipping our toe in. We want more of you. We want all of you. And we're giving you all of us, Lord. We want revival. Start with us. Stir us up that hunger and that thirst and that fire within us, Lord. We want a change. We want a revival in our lives, in our relationships, in our families, in our homes, in our church, in our community, Lord, and in our nation. And Lord, start with me. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. The altars are open as we worship. Worship him today because he's worthy of our praise. And today's the day. Sell out to him. Make a change.